G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The patriarchs made many mistakes and at times were even stubborn and rebellious. But God never stopped blessing them. He never withdrew his favour from them. The psalmist said, when they were few in number, indeed very few, and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, He rebuked kings for their sake, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. God blessed them not because of them, but in spite of them. He blessed them because they were righteous by fixing their eye upon the promised Messiah. They were believers in the true sense of the word. And the record of their journey is a great encouragement to us. We too get it wrong from time to time. We're not all that we should be, but our faith is also in God's promised seed, His Son, our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our testimony, therefore, is not of our faithfulness to Him, but of His faithfulness to us. As David testified, so can we. Goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thanks for joining us once again as we wrap up our discussion this week on the blessing of Abraham. Ken's been sharing about how the New Testament promises that the blessings of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles who believe in Christ, and hey, that's us. And uh, Ken, you've been sharing what those blessings are. They're spiritual, of course, but they also include material and physical things. Yes, Abraham is a prototype of believers. Now, that's very clear from what we read in some of the New Testament epistles. What I'd like to share as we finish up today, though, is that there's something even greater than blessing, and that is inheritance. Our blessings are not our inheritance. The inheritance doesn't concern this age, but the next, whereas the blessings, of course, concern this age. Mm. Peter said, we've been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, interestingly, the land that God promised to Abraham's seed was not actually promised to him, but to his descendants. He never inherited it. He even had to buy some land to bury Sarah when she died. In fact, he said to those he purchased the land from, I am a foreigner and a sojourner. I'm a pilgrim, in other words. Now, he dwelt in the land of promise for three generations with Isaac and Jacob living in tents. Now, why was that? Because if he inherited the land, he might have been content with an earthly inheritance instead of a spiritual or heavenly one. Now, we too, of course, feel a pilgrims and the pilgrim heart is not fixed on present blessings but future inheritance Mm, quite a challenge because we often think that way it's quite incredible and yet it seems that he was very very content with that yeah he certainly was Uh, in fact the writer to the hebrews says that by faith he dwelt in the land of promise in a foreign country dwelling in tents with isaac and jacob the heirs with him of the same promise then he says this he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I like that. Now, Mm -hmm. what does it mean, a city which has foundations? You'd think, well, 
Every city has foundations, doesn't it? But what are those foundations? You know, the first city we read about is that Cain built a city. And then it says that he called the name of that city after the name of his son, Enoch. In other words, he wanted to perpetuate his name. So you could say that Mm. that city was built upon the foundation of selfish ambition. Then another city that we read about, of course, is those that built the Tower of Babel. They also built a city, and that too was founded on ambition. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. So we can build cities, if you like, out of ambition. We can even build ministries, you know, with that view of, hey, let's make a name for ourselves. Now, I don't think that God has a problem with us having a name for ourselves. There are a lot of people in ministry that, you know, we know their name, their name are worldwide, but uh, God doesn't mind you having a great name as long as he's the architect of it. Mm. But people that that set out to build a name for themselves and to build, you know, their ministry on on their reputation, that's a different matter altogether. Mm. What about the city that Abraham is referring to, though? Well, he said it's a city that has foundations. Now, we know, of course, that it's it's the city of God, spiritually speaking, and uh No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So the apostles, they went forth and the Bible says that we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets because they laid that foundation of the revelation of Christ. Now in the book of Revelation, we see that the wall of that city had 12 foundations and on the name of them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So it's their doctrine of Christ that is the foundation of that city and that's what we're built upon, Phil. And uh, you, you actually see that that city had uh, 12 gates, three of them pointed towards the west, three to the east, three to the north, and three to the south, which means, of course, that this gospel is going to go to the ends of the earth mm. and be a foundation, an eternal foundation, for people to build their lives upon. That's mm, that solid rock. But coming back to your original thought, though, Ken, whilst we're blessed with the blessing of Abraham, there's something even greater than that and its inheritance is what you said before. And Abraham really understood that, didn't he? Yeah. Now, we've seen that that Abraham was blessed. You know, he had riches, but he never laid up those treasures on earth by amassing assets, by turning his, his blessings into assets. What I mean by that is this, that we are blessed on earth. God does bless us in many material ways, um, but he doesn't want us to turn those blessings into assets to lay up treasure on earth because Jesus said, you know, that rust can corrupt, moth can corrupt, eat away, Mm. uh, thieves can break in and steal. Now, Lot's treasure was on earth and he lost the lot. Oh, pardon the pun there. But, uh, (laughs) you know, he had it all taken away from him. And it illustrates the fact that if we lay up treasure on earth, we could lose it all. But Jesus told us to lay up treasure in heaven. I think we need to be careful that we don't come under the economy of this world in our thinking. Um, Let me just illustrate what I'm saying here. And this is something that the Lord has put upon my heart just recently, Phil. I've just kind of been in contact with a few Christians, and it's been very clear to me that they're asset rich but cash poor. All their wealth is tied up in their assets, and, and their assets are not doing very well. I mean, real estate's not doing very well. Shares are not doing very well. So their income is not doing very well, you know, because uh, it's all tied up in assets and they can't do anything. They've got all this wealth, but mm. they've got no cash to, to, to do anything with. Now, God blesses us with the ability to serve him. It's a stewardship. For example, Jesus said, occupy till I come. Be a good steward of the blessings. Let them work for the kingdom of God. 
But what about building a base to leave an inheritance for our children? Yeah, absolutely. Paul says, you know, the parents lay up for their children. I think we should do that. But I think it's also, you know, tragic when when Christians die with a fortune in the bank, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, we, we can leave something for our children so that they get a good, you know, start, start or, in life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get a bit of a lift down the road. Uh, we've all appreciated and benefited from that. But at the same time, you know, let's understand that God has given us everything and we're stewards of what he's given to us. And we've got great opportunities today to spread the gospel and to get the gospel to people that haven't heard it, to build his kingdom, to bring teaching to the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ. And let's be good stewards. That's basically what I'm saying is with all this wealth that we get, don't turn it into assets so that it gets frozen. We can't access it. We can't use it for the kingdom of God. But rather, let's think in terms of kingdom mm. rather than coming under this world's economy. And if there's one phrase that wraps up what we've talked about this week, I think it would be that we are blessed to bless. Yeah. Blessed to be a blessing. Yeah, we're blessed to be a blessing. And what a privilege that is. You know, Jesus said, actually, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Uh, we can talk about, you know, receiving blessings and amassing wealth and so on. But we discover there's something even more enjoyable than that. And that is the joy of giving and joy of being a channel of blessing to others. I'm, I'm thinking about that parable, Phil, and it's probably a little bit out of context, but the principle is the same. Uh, the parable of the talents, the man that hid that talent in the ground instead of letting it work for the kingdom of God, letting it, letting it work for his master. So it's just an exhortation that we're wise and uh, prudent in the administrations of our blessings so that they don't become assets that get frozen that we can't actually use for the kingdom of God. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book New Covenant, New Glory, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.